are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day happy wednesday i am brandon olson you can find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon you can also find all of my written work with whole nine sports is w-h-o-l-e n-i-n-e sports today we'll talk about florida gators and how they can improve their pass rush from last season we'll see where the gators wound up in the top 100 espn college football players list that was a mouthful and we'll wrap up by talking about betonline.ag win totals for the gators before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Gators on YouTube, which, by the way, again, for now, less ads than podcast versions. So I'm just saying the NFL season's about to begin and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, the Lockdown NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of the Odyssey NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. Like I said, we're starting off talking about this pass rush and how we can improve it. Um, I mean, here, here's where we're at. We've got a pretty solid, strong um, four-down lineman base front here. We've got Antonio Shelton and Daquan Newkirk at nose or D-tackle. Uh, Zachary Carter could work D-tackle or D-end. We've got Brenton Cox, uh, Jeremiah Moon, and Chris Bogle really as the other pass-rushing ends we have there. We can see things happen like Antonio Shelton at the nose, Zachary Carter at the... Antonio Shelton or Daquan Newkirk at the nose, Zachary Carter at three technique, which if you don't know three technique, that's lining up on the outside shoulder of the guard so kind of between the guard and tackle but closer to the guard than just in the middle uh if you didn't know and then the other rush end would be brenton cox jr jeremiah moon or chris bogle like that that's that's what we're working with in pretty much our 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 base fronts that's where we're at with it and it's it's a solid starting point i'm not not gonna lie it's a pretty solid starting point to have at least when you're just broad strokes purposes looking at what we've got i think it's it's pretty solid in a just in general uh defensively not dr- not just from a uh pass rush situation but just looking at our defensive line in general i think it's stronger than most people are giving it credit for just given that there's been a decent bit of turnover specifically uh, uh defensive tackle you know we lost quite quite a bit of production there um but i, I wanted to talk about a kind of different way that the giant that the uh, gators can improve it because sorry i misspoke of the giants there because i'm about to bring up the giants uh the giants were kind of the originators of something as the nascar package which if you don't know the nascar package is i mean justin tuck oc manura matthias kiwanuka and jason pierre paul putting them all on the field at once because the purpose of it is to get your four best pass rushers on your defensive line at one time That was what the Giants did. Teams have done it since then, but they were kind of the ones that introduced it, really. The Gators can kind of steal that a little bit because, again, we can wreak havoc by just putting out guys like, here's how I'm thinking of it. 
Uh, Zachary Carter, Brenton Cox, defensive tackles. I'll, I'll put that one in, in air quotes, defensive tackles there. Um, because, of course, I mean, Zachary Carter could play DT, but at this point he'd probably be lined up as a two-tech, so head up with the guard, as would Brenton Cox Jr., and they'd be slightly undersized at that point, which is why you would be strictly passing downs. Um, but they'd probably be our defensive tackles, and then we'd have Chris Bogle, Jeremiah Moon, or um, Princely would be our other, or would be our ends. Um, probably Chris Bogle on one side, and either Jeremiah Moon or Princely on the end there. Uh, I would assume it would be Moon, mainly because he offers a little bit more uh, versatility as someone who can drop back in coverage. And if we want to just rush three, we can do that, although that's not the purpose of the NASCAR package, obviously. But it would give us a little bit of a disguising that we can do there, having three rush in, Jeremiah Moon drop back. Uh, he'd probably, I know I said like defensive line, but it, it, it's edge rushers. Like whether or not you're a three, four outside linebacker, four, three D line, like you're an edge rusher, you're practically D line, you're on the ball. So that that's, yeah, defensive end, defensive tackles. We're just putting a whole bunch of air quotes around our defensive line right now. Um, one thing also is that in 2018 and 2019, we had inside backers be a bit more productive as pass rushers where we had Voshan Joseph, uh, Ventro Miller in 2019. They were they were more involved as pass rushers than we saw last year, more effective as pass rushers than we saw last year. But this year, I'd like to see us get back to that a little bit. Um, and I, I mean, even if you put them in the NASCAR package, like we, we could put them in the NASCAR package and we can have the D-line from... I mean, I'm not going to say from left to right because I don't care what side they're lined up on. But our four D linemen uh, on the outside, inside, will have Zachary Carter, Brenton Cox, Chris Bogle, and Princely. And then you could put Jeremiah Moon as one of the off-ball linebackers, and you can send him through the A-gap. You can send him through the B-gap. You can make him the interior blitzer there. Um, that, that That's one possibility. We can see guys like Dewan Black line up at the Mike linebacker spot and have him rush in, or Will, and have him rush in. And then kind of just the point is to create a little bit of havoc. And that's something that the Gators didn't do enough of last year. I want the pass rush to step up. That's how they can do it. Get your best pass rushers on the field and just let them pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. Like that's what we're looking at here. Ventrell Miller, as much as I love him, I don't want to see him blitzing a ton just because, I mean... I, I don't think he should be. I think we have better players that can do or not better players, but players that are better suited to fill that role. And I'm mainly looking at literally just like your first step acceleration. That's what's really getting me there. First step acceleration and speed, because the point is you're not necessarily hoping to shed the blocking at the passer, Sean. You're hoping to blitz the A gap or the B gap and pretty much just get in the backfield. Hopefully, with a free runner. And that's why I want to put faster players out there like Jeremiah Moon and Dewan Black. I want to let our D-line eat them up and come in. And I know I was talking about the NASCAR package, that even if we're not going with the NASCAR package, we could do that specifically with Jeremiah Moon because it's still putting Zachary Carter, Brenton Cox Jr. on the DN spots with Antonio Shelton, Daquan Newkirk at D-tackle. So you still have probably your four best defensive linemen on the field at all times, or not at all times, but at that time. And then Jeremiah Moon off ball can then come in and it could pretty much just look like our base defense at that point and just 
it would help create confusion, create mayhem, disrupt offenses, and that's what we need to do this year because this secondary is good. I'm not going to lie, but we have a pretty big question mark at the corner two spot right now, and if we want to address that, improving your pass rush is probably the best way to do that without straight up just improving who's your corner two, which at this point, we don't really have that uh, that liberty of doing so. So that's a huge thing that I'm looking at, at least, when we're talking about this uh, this pass rush, how to improve them, how to get our sack total up, because, face it, last year we just were not productive enough as pass rushers, and that's really got to step up. And hopefully it will also because we'll have our offense on the field more, defense more rested, and they'll be ready to go full throttle more often. I think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year. If you're confident, bet online currently has plus 2,800 odds, and I'm just saying, I'm going to take them. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost <clears throat> anything. You can imagine it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today, which is how I do it, to sign up and get a 100% welcome bonus. That's 100% welcome bonus. That's a double what you put in, by the way, if you're not good at math. Now you know. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, O-N. Looking at the ESPN top 100 list, the Gators had two Gators make the list. And um, I, I, I got a couple opinions about it. Um, little, little bit, just a couple opinions here. Uh, first off, we have Kyrie Elam made the list, which is duh. Um, like, we, like we know he was going to be there. Um, he made the list at number 40, though. And that's that's kind of what threw me off because we're, we're looking at a guy that's probably a top 10 to 15 player in college football, if you're asking me. like that That's how I'm thinking about it, because, I mean, he'll probably be a top 10 pick in the draft next year. Again, if you're asking me, he'll probably be a top 10 pick in the draft next year, which is like, I get it. Not that I, I, like, I understand that just because you're going to be that high in the draft doesn't mean that you're best college player or whatever it is. But, I mean, if you're going to be listed that high, odds are you're probably somewhere in that conversation for being a top college football player. And especially if you're playing a position like corner, where I feel like the hit rate, or I feel like the bust rate is lower, I want to say. Um, so I feel like it's weird, but at least looking at the elite college corner to the acceptable NFL player, I feel like it's... You know, I feel like that that's that bus rate's lower. And I mean, yeah, just like not like let alone not being top ten to fifteen. Being number forty out of a hundred is <sighs> I just it, it makes it makes no sense to me. And like again, this could just be my DB bias, my gigator bias, whatever you want to call it. But forty is offensively low <laughs> if we're talking about Kyir Elam. Next up, we have Brenton Cox Jr. at number 59. And um, I I was a little surprised about this one, I'll say. Um, not not that I don't think he should be on the list, but I mean, talent-wise, sure, he, like, he's that dude. But at the same time, I've been talking about it. He's so uh, wildly 
inconsistent and like i've been saying like he's he's toolsy he's, he's a toolsy player but i'm he's never put it together to really show that he should be a top 100 player let alone top 60 um and that's what's confusing to me because i just spoke about Kyrie Lum where it's like he he's he's got the tools to be a top pick in the draft so does brenton cox jr but like if you're rating them on how good they are now as football players uh, I don't get how Kyrie Elam and Brenton Cox Jr. can be so close because Kyrie Elam, to me, is far and away better than anybody that we've got really in this defense. And them being 19 spots away, just th- that doesn't make a ton of sense. That's like you think they're pretty close talent-wise. And like Brenton Cox Jr. has never shown that he can put it together. As much as I love him, he has not put it together even at all. <laughs> so Kyrie Elam should be significantly higher than Brenton Cox. And the thing that's most surprising to me is that Zachary Carter didn't make the list because if I'm putting together this list, I'm, again, I'm not saying that he like belongs to be high on the list or anything like that. I think he would be on the list. Uh, I think he'd be a bit lower, but the fact that he didn't make the list at all and Brenton Cox made it in the 50s is also confusing because Zachary Carter's been more productive. Like Let's, let's just look at production-wise. Zachary Carter's been more productive. Um, Zachary Carter's more versatile with being an inside out pass rusher, and he's just a better overall defender versus the run and the pass. So that's what really throws me off there. Like, I'm not even going to complain about anybody else not making the list. It's, it's understandable for pretty much everybody else. Like I get why, uh, I get why Ventro Miller didn't make the list. I, I get all that, but Kyrie Elam way too low. Brenton Cox Jr. I don't think really should have been on the list as much as I love him. I don't, I don't know if he should have been on the list at all, but if he was, he shouldn't be number 59, and he shouldn't be above Zachary Carter. Like, Zachary Carter not making the list is, to me, the biggest snub that I've seen on any of these lists in a very long time because, like, he is that, dude. He is uh, the alpha of this defensive line. Like, he, he is the better or more consistent pass rusher. Sure, he doesn't have as high a ceiling as Brenton Cox, but... I don't think this is a list of ESPN's top 100 college ceilings. Like I, that, that's simply put, not it. So that that's very confusing to me that Brenton Cox is 59, Zachary Carter is not on the list at all. Like I don't know what they were thinking when they put together this list, but uh, it, it that that's pretty bad. <laughs> I feel like I, I just I I know I'm harping on this, but like I, I don't get how again, like I mentioned, Brenton Cox Jr. Same thing with Jeremiah Moon. Very toolsy players but they have never consistently put it together. And that's my biggest issue with that. I mean, they're not finishers of sacks. Like they, they get a few hurries, few pressures, sure, whatever. But they're not finishers, and they're not disruptive enough to justify not hitting home with any of these sacks. And Zachary Carter has proven he could do that from the interior and exterior. And I think that's such an underrated trait of his to be one of those guys that's a very versatile defensive lineman because that's not something we see as often as we would hope to see. And that's why it's like, that's, that, that, that's very confusing to me, at least. As we build the anticipation for the football season, let's start building our bodies too. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. And yeah, 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 I know a lot of people are all about coconut brownie chunk of this, coconut brownie chunk of that, chocolate grasshopper of this, which I'll never in my life try. Sorry, Built Bar, love you, but... I'm out on that one. Uh, I'm more of a salted caramel guy, peanut butter brownie kind of guy, you know, stuff like that. Because then 
they slap. It's as simple as that, but like, if chocolate grasshopper to me, sorry, it's just, it ain't my vibe. <laughs> if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like, like me, um, that's no longer a problem. Built Bars, you are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber delicious solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember that one. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. <laughs> Looking at bet online win totals for the Florida Gators. Uh, Florida Gators are currently set at nine wins, which um, I'm taking the over on that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but like I'm, I'm taking the over on that because to me, at I... I'm knocking on wood because I hate to do this. But or actually, I'm knocking on wood you can see because I hate to do this. But um, a 9-3 to me is a failure of a year. Like, I know I was talking in the YouTube comments the other day about this. Like, it, it, it's a failure to be 9-3, and three, at least from my perspective. Uh, I'm looking at our schedule. Of course, 12 games. So... Yeah, they think we're going to go 9-3. and three. Uh, I'm looking at our schedule, and I see Florida Atlantic, South Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, LSU, South Carolina, Samford, Missouri, and Florida State. Ten wins. That's what I see. Ten, or not even ten wins. Ten wins that I think are pretty like I'm, I'm pretty confident in those wins 10 two games i didn't list on there alabama georgia those those are the two that uh that i'm like okay i think we've got a decent risk to lose and i know that we've been talking about the alabama game a lot believe me Week three, we're gonna be talking about it a lot, a lot. Like it, it's gonna, you're gonna get annoyed by it. And yes, I don't feel bad. I'm just, I don't. I'm sorry, but I'm not actually sorry. But <laughs> I mean, when I'm looking at that schedule, yeah, like like Florida State, uh, Florida Atlantic, South Florida, Florida State too. If we're being honest, um, Samford are four games that we should be just so, so far ahead in. Tennessee and those were out of conference teams. Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri, conference games. We should be so, so, so ahead in. Uh, one game that I mentioned as a win that I didn't get to there yet is LSU. Uh, I'll, believe me, I'll get to it. But right now we've got Alabama week three is, yeah, that's going to be a toughie. Like, j- again, I am pretty not confident that we'll win, but I'm like, if we were to win, I'd be ecstatic and happy, but it wouldn't shock me at all. Like this is a very good Gators team. This is sure a very good Alabama team, but I I don't care if you're very good. I know we're very good, and that's what's more important to me at least. So yeah, Alabama could be a loss. Like that that's a game where it's like yeah, if we lose, like I'm not going to be upset. If we win, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm going to be very happy. I'm not going to be shocked. Uh, Georgia, <sighs> I know that I'm constantly dunking on Georgia for being a team that is not well coached, that they're well recruited, and that they play scared. Unfortunately, playing scared can win you games. Playing scared will not win you a championship, but playing scared will win you games. And that's what Georgia does. They play 
very simple offense. They play very good defense and they protect the football in the most boring way possible. Hate it kind of, not going to lie. But they play scared and that can win you games, especially games against a team like Florida where our run defense last year specifically was pretty, uh, pretty bad. (laughs) So if our run defense doesn't pick up and their run offense continues to be Georgia's run offense, yeah, we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be going through it. But again, it's still a game that I, I'm more confident in the Georgia game, than the Bama game. Obviously, like I, that's that's how I feel. And when we see Georgia and Clemson play early on, we'll really get a feel for if Georgia's real or not. Like that that's an important thing. Also, like Georgia and Al- I mean Alabama has Miami, and Miami's not awful, but they're a, they're a pretty decent team. So we'll get a feel for how Alabama's gonna look this year. Luckily for us, when we roll into that Alabama game, we've got Florida Atlantic and South Florida. So if we play it smart, we can uh, we can, we can look like a pretty basic offense and kind of lull everybody and then come out swinging against Alabama. Uh, looking at the LSU game that I know is on the list, but I didn't say it should be like a big game or anything or like a big blowout or anything. LSU's like, like a, a trap game, I guess. Not really, though, because like they're 16th ranked, but they are pre-tenders. Like that game is something that I think we should win pretty easily. Last week, last year, I thought that too, though, and that didn't happen at all. Then I don't want to go further into it. Uh, but this year, like we're gonna learn LSU's not about it. Like that—that's what we're gonna see. LSU's not about it. They have. Defense is all right. Like their D line is pretty good. They've got a couple good players in the secondary, like they always do. But their offense, it's looking like pre Joe Burrow offense. Like they've lost their best playmakers on there, and yeah, yes. Um, so I'm looking at ten and two. I'm taking the nine wins. I'm going over that. That's to me a, a very easy cut and dry decision. But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as we'll maybe look into what a two-quarterback system could look like for the Gators. And I say maybe because I'm going to need visuals for it, and I want to make sure I can get it to work right and make it look uh, pretty clean. So might need an extra day or so with it, but that's, just know that's coming up. We're going to look at a two-QB system. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports as W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports. Don't forget to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Enjoy the lesser ads while you can. Be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by Vinny Iyer, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I know I spoke about this yesterday, but I'm going to do it again today, maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. Who knows? But I've got fantasy drafts coming up. So I am listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football to get my team straight, get my team right, so I can get some money. Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.